Welcome to Crucial Conversations with Dr. Mia L. Johnson, licensed psychotherapist. The purpose of this podcast is to bring about self-awareness as it relates to your thinking patterns, feelings, communication style, ability to regulate your emotions, and respond to difficult situations. These crucial conversations are designed to empower and encourage you to enhance your self-knowledge, self-discipline, self-consciousness, and empathy for others. The title of today's episode is, I Can't Make You Love Me. And the topic is, Lopsided Relationships. In this episode, we will identify red flags, causes of lopsided relationships, how to fix lopsided relationships if possible, and when to call it quits. What is a lopsided relationship? It's a relationship in which one person invests more time, effort, emotions, and even finances into a relationship. Lopsided relationships are unbalanced and they're typically characterized by one person doing all the work to make things work. How many of you are familiar with the sitcom, The Parkers, which features the mother-daughter team of Nikki, played by Monique, and Kim Parker, played by Countess Vaughn? Nikki is constantly throwing herself at Professor Ogilvie, who in turn runs away from her, doesn't return her efforts, and uses her to do anything that benefits him. She's known for saying, hey, Professor Ogilvie, and as soon as he hears this, he runs the other way. This is a great comedic example of a lopsided relationship. When you are in a lopsided relationship, you feel like you're walking on eggshells. You tiptoe around certain topics because you don't want to get them upset. Anything that might set them off is totally avoided. Any topic of discussion that you feel may upset them, you will definitely avoid it. Communication is passive aggressive. And when you passively communicate, the message you're sending is that your wants and needs don't matter. Only your partners do. If you are the one that puts in the most of the work, puts in most of the work in the relationship, this may look like you're the only one who initiates date night. You go to see them and they don't ever come to see you. You initiate sex by doing the asking or the touching. You're the one always loaning or giving money. You're the one who plans trips and outings. You're the only one who works, even though they are physically able to do so, too. Another red flag is that it's never clear about how they are feeling. Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill said it best in her song X Factor. She sings a line and it says, no matter how I think we've grown, you always seem to let me know it ain't working. They will tell you, I love you, accept gifts from you, go on trips with you, and there will be no arguments. It'll seem like it's all good. All of this will be grounded in facts and in reality that lead you to believe, again, it's all good and they're happy. But 
the truth of the matter is you really don't know how they feel because their actions don't match their words. They can be unhappy, but will not express their true feelings until an argument arises. Then they'll let you know this isn't working for them. And you feel extremely confused because you're reflecting on the evidence, the I love you, the ex them accepting gifts, them going on trips with you. And now you're like, but you just told me you love me. We just returned from Miami and we were holding hands and kissing and communicating and having a good time. Like, where is this you're unhappy coming from? You're left completely confused. And that's because, again, they are not clear about how they are feeling. Are you always the one apologizing? You say I'm sorry in hopes of just keeping the peace. You apologize because you try to put yourself in their shoes to understand where they are coming from. On the contrary, they never say I'm sorry. And they refuse to try and understand where you're coming from or why you feel the way you feel. Over time, you start to see an imbalance of power because they can care less to say I'm sorry or make an effort to understand your feelings. Another red flag. You're not on the same page about important things. Relationship priorities may be different. You're ready to take things to the next level and they are more interested in going out, throwing parties or hanging with friends. Maybe you're ready to live together and they're wanting to continue living with their parents, a sibling or just living alone. You're ready to take steps towards marriage and they they just want to shack up. They keep in close touch with an ex, but you're not allowed to have such friends. And if you do, they threaten to leave you. You're the one constantly bringing up the relationship issues. So in relationships, one person usually plays the role of the pursuer and the other plays the role of the withdrawer. If you're the pursuer in the relationship, you're the one bringing up topics or problems. You want to put everything out on the table and immediately find a resolve. You want to talk about it. The pursuer wants to address the elephant in the room. But the withdrawer wants to avoid issues and passively expects the pursuer to fix the problems. The withdrawer will often refuse to find time to talk about issues. They'll do things like leave the house to avoid talking. They get upset when the pursuer brings up a topic. They give the silent treatment for hours, days, weeks or months at a time. They'll even block you from their phone to avoid talking about a resolve. Another red flag is that you start to feel insecure and like you're just not enough because all of your efforts go unnoticed. You're being met with avoidance and resistance. Now you start to question your worth and think maybe you're just not good enough because this person doesn't care about what you want and need are your happiness in the relationship. Let's talk about what causes this type of behavior. So these are just a few possible causes, okay? Just a few possible causes. 
This type of behavior, it can be traced back to family origin, our family foundation. So some people come from a family where it was the norm for members to avoid resolving conflict. They may just push things under the rug. And some people come from a family where they did not express perfectly normal and healthy emotions like hugging, kissing, saying I love you. And family members who displayed these normal emotions were likely to be labeled too sensitive, too emotional, or even fake. Unless these individuals learn the necessary skills through therapy or self-awareness, they will continue to repeat the relationship dynamics they are used to, meaning what they learned growing up, what they observe. They'll continue to do things the way their family members handled conflict in their relationships. And they'll also do what their bodies know because they are more comfortable with familiar dysfunction, drama, chaos, as opposed to being comfortable when there's peace and harmony. So peace and harmony are not their norm. Dysfunction and chaos are what they're more familiar with. Now, for the fun part, it's time to check yourself. Are you the one perpetuating a lopsided relationship? What role do you play in your relationship? Are you allowing your partner to do all the work instead of carrying the weight with them? Let's see. So we're going to go through a couple of signs that may indicate that you're uh, perpetuating a lopsided relationship. You can care less about the things that are important to them. So you don't follow up. When they tell you, an example, their grandmother has dementia and went missing for hours, you say, sorry to hear that, but you will not follow up the next day to see if things are okay or how your partner is feeling. Maybe your partner tells you how stressful it is at work for them and how they can't sleep at night and have not been eating. But you don't check in with them about it unless they bring it up again. You won't assert yourself and say, well, how's it going? Have things gotten better? Another sign, you refuse to deal with problems head on. During every argument, you withdraw. You give the silent treatment and gaslight your partner. You refuse to go to couples therapy. Anytime they bring up issues in the relationship, you respond, I don't want to talk about this or I don't want to be with you anymore. Stop calling me. You'd rather just exit stage stage left than deal with the problems head on. You may also have fear around confrontation and intimacy. Another sign, it's all about your wants and needs. So you think about yourself more than your partner's needs are the relationship. An example, you're very comfortable thinking about what you want and what you need in the relationship. If you don't get what you want from your partner, you threaten to leave them or you give ultimatums. You're not open to listening to what your partner is asking for. You say things like F their feelings. Your wants and needs take center stage in this relationship. 
You give your partner a list of your wants and needs and insist that if they just work on the list of things that you have observed that aren't going right according to you, it'll get better. But when your partner tries to express what they need and what they want, you tell them, no, 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 let's work on what I need first. Then we'll get to your needs later. You do not support their dreams, ambitions, projects, and or accomplishments. So an example, you may not show up to an award ceremony when they're being honored. You may minimize their accomplishments and make statements like, don't you have enough awards? How much more money do you need to make? If your partner vents to you about having difficulty achieving a goal, like maybe finishing school or completing a project, you say, just quit instead of motivating them. You may avoid giving compliments when they achieve something or buy something nice or even look nice. Instead of giving compliments, you act as if you don't notice, but you do, but you'll pretend that you don't notice. But your partner encourages your endeavors, financially supports your projects and lends their time to helping you reach your goals. But that's not being reciprocated by you. Another sign, you may refuse to be vulnerable and share your true feelings. But you expect them to read your mind and know how you feel or felt about something that was said or done. So you make statements like, you should know what I like. You should know what I want to do. You should have known I didn't want to go there. Newsflash, newsflash. Your partner is not a mind reader. They need you to express how you feel So they'll have the opportunity to try and understand where you're coming from and what you want and need. This is called assertive communication. You expressing what you want and need. Another sign may be you do not initiate or plan anything in the relationship. So an example, you might expect your partner to initiate intimacy. When you're asked, where would you like to go or what would you like to do? You say things like, I don't care. Or respond with a question and turn around and ask, well, where would you like to go? What would you like to eat? You leave it to your partner to plan trips, holidays, and outings. You rely on your partner to make you happy. And when in reality, you are in control of feeling happy. You expect your partner to give you money, but you you make no attempt to reciprocate this. You may also expect your partner to change their behavior so it's aligned with your blueprint of a good partner. You think your partner is the problem in the relationship and if only they would change, if only they would change, things would be perfect. I just want to give you an example of what it means when the statement People can't make you feel a certain way is made. I just want to give you an example of that. So again, you may rely on your partner to make you happy, but in reality, you are in control of feeling happy. So let's say you buy someone a gift and their thoughts are, there he goes again, wasting money. You feel annoyed when you have that thought. Another thought might be, I wish he would have just given me the cash. You feel disappointed when you have that thought. Those thoughts and those feelings lead you to have an attitude for the rest of the night. 
Because remember, we think before we feel and our thoughts plus our feelings equals our actions. All right, let's give someone else the same situation. Again, let's say you buy someone a gift and their thoughts are, I love how he's always thinking about me. You feel lucky. How thoughtful of him. A person feels grateful. Those thoughts and those feelings lead that person to give him a kiss and tell all of their friends what a good man she has. So what I'm trying to show you is that you are responsible for how you feel. When you say things like, oh, you made me feel a certain way. That person's behavior may have influenced how you feel, but it's ultimately your interpretation of their efforts, your interpretation, which equals your thoughts that determines how you feel. So in the example I gave you, the first person said, like, had the thought there he goes wasting money again and they felt annoyed and that led them to have an attitude for the rest of the night. But the other person interpreted The same situation, someone buying them a gift and they felt like it was they felt that they felt lucky and they felt grateful. And that led that person to give them a kiss and tell all their friends. So, again, people can't make you feel a certain way. They may influence it. But your interpretation of what people do is what determines how you feel. So how do you fix one sided relationships if possible? Well, it's very possible if both parties are willing to put in the work, reflect on the facts, not assumptions, not hypotheticals, the facts. If both are willing to be honest and communicate openly, be honest about who you are in a relationship with. Because sometimes people have the ability and the willingness to change. And other times people don't. And this is something we'll further discuss in another episode. But realistically, everyone is not able to empathize with others. And when we empathize, it basically means we put ourselves in the shoes of others and we try to see it, see it from their point of view or have an understanding of where they're coming from or why they feel the way they feel. So it's basically you putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Everyone cannot do that. So it's important that you're honest about who you're in a relationship with. What are obvious patterns in the relationship? Like an example, are they known for taking more than they give? Is this a selfish person? Do they listen? How well do they take feedback? So it's very important that you acknowledge who you're in a relationship with. Emphasize what's important to you if you're trying to fix it. So an example, spending time together. If that's what you want to do, assert yourself. Use I statements and say like, I miss you. And I would really appreciate if we could spend more time together. Avoid giving ultimatums. So again, you would use I statements and say, Something along the lines of, I miss you and I really appreciate if we could spend more time together versus if you don't make more time for me, 
you can kick rocks. Big difference, right? If you're really trying to fix it, set aside time to communicate and have conversations about both of your wants and needs. And remember, this is a partnership. So it's about what both of you want and need. You know, if you're in the bedroom and the television is off and it's very quiet and both of you still have the energy at the end of the day, this is a good time to have pillow talk and have these discussions about, hey, I would love it if you would cuddle with me more, an example. I would love it if we could do lunch during the day once a week. That may be a good time to communicate for some people. And when communicating, again, try using I statements instead of you statements. So instead of saying, an example, you should be helping me pay off this credit card debt because you charge stuff too. Try, I could really use your help with paying off this credit card debt we've accumulated. Big difference. When we use I statements, we take ownership for our own feelings and our own wants and needs. When we use you statements, sometimes it can come off as judgmental or as if we're critiquing them in a negative way. If you want to try to fix this, be open to therapy with the mindset of identifying how your behaviors and attitudes contribute to conflict in the relationship. I can't tell you how many times couples come to therapy and say, if you could just fix my husband, if you could just fix my wife, or if she would just stop doing this, our relationship would be perfect. And that equates to blaming. Think about like if you were to get into a car accident and there was something you could have done differently as well to avoid the accident, but you totally overlooked that and you only point the finger and and blame the other person solely for the accident. We do the same thing in relationships. And again, oftentimes people come to therapy and they're like, hey, if he would just stop doing this, we would be good. Well, when we think that way and feel that way, that is an example of us overlooking how our own behaviors and attitudes contribute to conflict and our issues in a relationship. All right, let's talk about when it's time to let go, just call it quits. If it's causing too much emotional distress in the form of anxiety, your hair is falling out, guilt, shame, depression, or even resentment, it just may be time to end it. If you're losing sleep, overeating, not eating enough, or starting to have severe headaches or stomach problems, it may be time to part ways. If your partner is just unwilling to hear you out and continuously blaming and is continuously blaming and are gaslighting you, it's highly unlikely that they will change. And that's an indication of that person not being able to see maybe value in you or maybe that person not being able to see how their behavior and attitudes contribute. If these signs are relatable to you, know that it isn't okay in any relationship for everything to be your responsibility or for everything to be your fault. Relationships are worth fighting for, but you can't be the only one fighting. 
Understand you cannot make someone happy. Again, their interpretation of your efforts is what determines their happiness. Someone once said, sometimes you have to give up on people, not because you don't care, but because they don't. Accept that you cannot make someone else love you and do what's best for your overall mental well-being. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to share, like, or comment via our Instagram at Crucial Conversations Podcast. Or if you have any questions, email us at questions at crucialconversations.info. Be sure to tune in next time as we delve into another Crucial Conversations.